Welcome to our pop culture conspiracy theory podcast. Um, I think our idea was is that a lot of people out there consume pop culture and want to make up their own theories surrounding it. So that's what we want to do. And hopefully there will be an audience that wants to join us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I swear, Francis is the one that wanted to spearhead this whole thing, but then I just ended up writing the script. So <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing today. <laughs> but anywho, what anywho. to give these what? disembodied voices a name, oh, yeah. I'm Francis. I'm in Texas currently, where I've spent 99.9% of my life, but it's fine because Texas is great. And I'm in Montana, even though I have a permanent residence in Texas, I am keeping away from the 100 degree temperature and instead relaxing myself in the 80 degree temperature and enjoying everything. Uh, I'm originally from Montana, so it's kind of what I call home, so it works for me. And so we are two friends that met in grad school, and we have obviously this in common. Uh, anything pop culture related, usually it's one of those things like, have you seen this show? Or have you listened to this CD? Or what about that movie trailer that just came out? So we have some things in common, and that's kind of why we want to talk about it. It's true. I think we became friends based solely on our love of Mindy Kaling, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but I think that's kind of what sparked it for sure. Uh, Mindy Kaling, the gift that keeps on giving, I guess. But because this is a pop culture podcast, we wanted to start by kind of introducing ourselves through some pop culture lenses. Um, for example, Harry Potter, obviously. We are millennials, and with that, we kind of grew up with Harry and find ourselves very close to the books. Um, both of us have very good memories of going and seeing The Cursed Child and probably think about it at least once a week. And so <laughs> and so, just to start out, uh, just talk about our houses. I am definitely a Ravenclaw. Apparently, I lean Slytherin, though, too, so... That's kind of cool, I guess. I am Hufflepuff with very strong Ravenclaw tendencies. I have on a Hufflepuff shirt right now. Not that anyone listening can see that, but I do. Woo. And um, Game of Thrones, we obviously just got done with that and consumed as much as possible. We actually did really good in trivia a couple times and then really bad a couple other times. <laughs> Yeah, our first our first week there was like the second week they were doing this uh, series of trivia nights, and um, we like didn't study. It was did we study? No. no, no, and we got second place. Like no big deal. But then I think as the trivia nights grew in popularity, as people started getting ready for Game of Thrones, more people started showing up, and the questions got really hard. And we did not do that well after we got second place that one time. Yeah, we basically went downhill from there. So while we are always up for Game of Thrones trivia, and we have started studying, and we did study some, I think that at the end of the day, we're more just fans of other things when it comes to Game of Thrones. We're not those crazy, crazy people, but we're passive enough fans that we can argue about it when necessary, but... 
I personally bought the Adidas House Targaryen shoes, if you need to know what house I'm in. After I bought the House Lannister Adidas, mostly because they double as Harry Potter Adidas, because they're red and gold, obviously. So even though neither of us are Gryffindors, I was just like, (laughs) this works. Um, But those were the only ones that came in my size. I wanted the other, she got the white Targaryens. I wanted the black with the flame Targaryens and they were out of my size. So the Lannister Adidas were my backup, but they are the most comfortable shoes I have ever owned. And me and my bum ankle have really enjoyed wearing them. Oh yeah. How's your ankle doing? I mean, it's fine. I'm waiting for a specialist to call me to schedule an appointment. Dang. Well, I've been well. I've been hiking. You've been going. Ah, I need a specialist to tell me what's wrong with me. I mean, it's because I broke it 17 years ago, like <laughs> almost to the day, and it was too swollen to tell that it was broken. So it definitely didn't heal right. That happened to my sister actually. She broke her leg, and they didn't know until after like a couple months. And she even, like, worked out on it a lot. Okay, anyway, so why do we want to talk about pop culture and theories? We are a little psycho when it comes to fandoms. As we have mentioned, we both have the Game of Thrones Adidas, which cost a pretty penny. Um, And we have both worn them a lot. We wore them on Game of Thrones Trivia Nights. We wore them on Game of Thrones Bar Crawl. I wore them to LeakyCon this weekend in Dallas, which was a blast, which segues right into me talking about LeakyCon a little bit, but we'll talk a little bit about it more. But You also wore them to the Rangers 5K. Don't forget that. I did wear them to the Rangers 5K because that was the day Game of Thrones uh, started, and I've gotten so many compliments on them. Like People literally stop and are like, your shoes are so pretty. And I'm like, I know. Thank you. <laughs> Whereas my white ones, I have to point out the fact that they're, they're House Targaryen at all because people don't realize anything other than that they're just white. <laughs> so. I'll, I'll tell people, I'm like, oh, they're Game of Thrones. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, Adidas did a collaboration with HBO. And they're like, I didn't even know. Whereas you and I were like, oh, my God, it's happening. <laughs> of course, we had to. It was one of those things where I waited a little bit. I tried to hold off, and then I got a good paycheck, and I was like, okay. No, I think it was my tax refund almost. It might have been that. I don't know. I always make those impulse decisions. It was right around tax season, so it probably was your tax refund. <laughs> Treat yourself, right? That's true. But, um, yeah, we're kind of psycho when it comes to these things. Um what do you think is your most psycho thing when it comes to your fandoms? Oh, that's a good question. I don't, I would, right now, because it's fresh on the brain, going to LeakyCon by myself, like totally solo. One, because I'm such a big introvert, like that's such a big deal for me to do something by myself anyway. But because uh, there were things I wanted to go and do and see, there was a panel that I really wanted to go to. I think that you were interested in as well, but you ended up in Montana. But then that panel got canceled and I'm still sad about it. It was going to be technically research for this podcast. Um, It was about wizarding world theories. And I just wanted to see if any of the theories that we were considering were mentioned. Um, However, LeeCon in general led to a lot of great ideas from both of us this weekend, even though Kate was not actually present. I was texting her all weekend going, oh my God, oh my God. Um, Lots of panels. Uh, One panel in particular about how portraits 
work really got me thinking. Um, and that was uh, led by Melissa Anelli, who basically runs all of the fan convention, big fan conventions, LeakyCon, BroadwayCon. Um, what was the Game of Thrones con? I don't know. Thrones con. <laughs> I have no idea. I can't I remember. No but she she's like this. Con of Thrones, that's it. Con of Thrones. So she's the CEO of Mischief Management, and they throw all these huge cons, and uh, she was one of the panelists, and um, another panelist that I was there to see was uh, Mike Schubert from the Potterless podcast as well, and they have such good chemistry. I was listening to another podcast they did together and was just dying laughing, and them on Twitter has cracked me up all this week because of the jokes they were making this weekend. Um, But anyway... You kind of can talk about LeakyCon forever, so that definitely that definitely makes you a little bit more a pa- less of a passive fan and more of a hey, this is something that really matters to me kind of situation. Yeah, I'm trying. They just announced that LeakyCon next year is in Orlando, and so I'm trying to convince Kate that we need to go next year. We'll, we'll think, think about, about it. it. We'll think about it. I don't know. It might be too hot for me down there, too. <laughs> they need to choose some sort of cold location like San Francisco or Chicago or something like that just to give me more of a relaxing vacation. But the oh, park, I, I think they'll do like a party in the oh, park you're just one excited because you're going to the park anyways in a couple weeks. I mean, I am, but if next year's leaky con is an excuse for me to go back to the park and to leaky con, I don't know why I wouldn't do it. It's true. It's true. Well, just something that is interesting about me and why I am a little psycho when it comes to fandoms is my confirmation name actually, uh, was Hedwig because I was 13 years old, and I was so excited about the fact that I found out that Hedwig was the patron saint of orphans, and all I needed was some sort of saint name, and so I chose that. So that's my little psychoness. It's less current, but it's at the same time just equally as uh, I could probably brag about that for the rest of my life. (laughs) And one more bird of prey in in Kate's long list of bird of prey. Uh, mascots in her life. That is a really good point. Yes. I cannot get away from any bird of praise except for horned frogs. Um, so yeah, another thing is Kate once told me that I knew more about pop culture than anyone else she knew. And then we found the ringer and then we got big girl jobs and I'm not spending all my time on social media anymore, but dream job, Working for the ringer for both of us, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're not supported by the ringer, but we might talk about the ringer every now and then. Um, we take a lot of inspiration from binge mode. And one thing we did want to say, I know that some podcasts recently have gotten under a little scrutiny for not citing their citation, their sources and things like that. So we just kind of want to take an, an opportunity to say as a disclaimer, like, if this is something that we've heard somebody else say, we're probably going to bring it up in a context of, hey, so this theory might have been inspired by this, or even just this topic of what we're talking about. Um, I think there are going to be other times where uh, it might be a situation of like parallel thinking in a way where great minds think alike. So we might not necessarily be super unique at on some of our theories, but we're going to try to make sure that we 
make a personal attempt onto them because we have a lot of information uh, just from our own collection. And so a lot of this stuff is kind of like a therapy or a journal um, discussion (laughs) where it might not always be super coherent, but at the same time, we're going to have uh, somewhat of a structure that will give you an experience that might uh, work for you. (laughs) Who knows? We'll find out. It's a work in progress. Also, because it's a sign of intelligence, we may swear on occasion or a lot. Um, <laughs> so if you're underage, maybe uh, check with your parental units um, and make sure that they're good with you hearing all of the words that we may say at times out of excitement or frustration or whatever may have us. <laughs> this is our our first podcast, so We are trying to avoid as many outrage emails and complaints as we can, at least early, early on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, parents, if you're listening with kids in the car, we're trying to give you a heads up. Then maybe you should listen after you drop them off at school, Um, unless they already hear that stuff at home, which no judgment coming from us. (laughs) Not at all, because my kids... I, I hope they one day know how to um, use the words correctly. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We won't have any... Uh, oh, by the way, neither of us have kids, so we're not going to have any child parent corners or anything along those lines. So just FYI. No, we may talk about our, our fur children. We both have uh, fur children. I have a corgi named Napoleon who has epilepsy, and that is about as in-depth as our child talk will get. Kate has a an Australian shepherd named Harden after uh, James Harden, unless he starts to suck, in which case, no. After Harden, the city in Montana at that point. (laughs) But for right now, Harden's doing a good job of representing my brand, so I'm good with this. (laughs) Um, And then, like, finally, just because this is kind of our wrap-up of our intro, um, kind of just want to discuss what our credibility is. I wouldn't necessarily say we're super duper credible. We've had some experiences that have led us to think that, hey, maybe we can make these predictions um, or infer something that might not have otherwise been discussed when it comes to something pop culture related. Uh, For example, I correctly predicted that Taylor Swift's song, Look What You Made Me Do, was influenced by Arya Stark. And I even posted gifts online to state claim of my theory within the first hour of it being released. It was a really big deal when I found out that Taylor Swift was like, oh my gosh, all I was doing was watching Game of Thrones that summer. And I was like, oh my gosh, I actually thought that that was right. (laughs) And so that was probably my biggest uh, prediction so far. I have some sports predictions, but those don't really pertain to this right now. (laughs) Not at the moment. I correctly predicted Princess Charlotte's name in order. Like I... I was shocked that I even predicted it, like the three names, but then they announced it and it was Charlotte, Elizabeth, Diana. Is that it? Yeah. I don't and I was, know. I was like, guys, I like time stamped it. It was like, I predicted it three days before they announced when they were like, we had a baby girl. And then like three days later, they were like, these are, this is the name. And I was like, time stamp this tweet. Look at it. I predicted this. So I'm very in touch with the royals, apparently. <laughs> I think they just think looked, they at, just your looked at your Twitter. I think they, they have an eye on your Twitter. I mean, I have such a large following. <laughs> <laughs> but also, let's be honest, neither of us would have ever predicted Archie. <laughs> that was not on my no, radar at all. N- 
I was like, they'll name him Philip. Harry is Philip. I we'll get into this in a second, but I binged the crown over Christmas um this past year. And why don't we just I get into like, that right now? Let's go for it. So shameless pop culture consumption this week. LeagueCon Dallas, y'all. I met lots of new people, mostly fans of one of my favorite podcasts, Potterless. I mentioned Shubes, Mike Schubert earlier. Um, he is finally done reading the books in real time. He has seen Cursed Child in real time, but the last ep- book episode comes out this coming week, um, or it may be out by the time we post this podcast. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but he, in real time, is up to date and all that. So I went basically to see Shubes. He was on a bunch of panels for the first time because he's finished with the books, so he is spoiler-free. Um, Tom Felton was also the big guest at LeakyCon. I did not get a Draco pass where I had more access to him, but I did go to a couple of the panels he was on. Um, he was at the main stage most of the time. Apparently, he floated around in the marketplace a lot, and I completely missed him, and I'm really upset about that. I have always had a fat crush on Draco. Like, fat crush. Um, he played his first mini concert at LeakyCon on the main stage, and he was so nervous. It was adorable. Um, he played for longer than 10 minutes. He played a 30-minute set. Um, and he was really good. He gave me a lot of Jack Johnson vibes, um, which kind of took, yeah, took me back to like 2005, oh 2006. He was really good. Um, I can't wait for his album. Then uh, the next day they did a spotlight on him and he basically talked, he answered questions and talked about uh, his experiences playing Draco and on the sets of Potterless and how he and Daniel Radcliffe like, he wanted to kidnap Daniel Radcliffe because they kept saying on the last, the last two movies, you can't steal anything from set. You can't steal anything from set. So he thought it would be really funny to throw Daniel Radcliffe in his trunk and drive off set. And you know, they were, <laughs> their cars were getting searched heavily to make sure they weren't stealing anything, but he never did it. But I was like, that would have been a hysterical story. Um, he also, and he's like our age, right? So yeah, he's, he's, he's right at our age. Um, early thirties. He's a very reasonable crush for us to have. Oh, for sure. Um, and it w- he was just hysterical. And after his like spotlight where it was just him and Melissa and Ellie, he played about 10 minutes and he played a Spice Girls song and it was everything I didn't know I needed in life. Um, <laughs> there was also a cosplayer who looked just like Snape. Like poor man's Alan Rickman. He was so good. Um, oh he's gosh. on Instagram and Facebook as Texas Snape. So please go stalk him. He's fantastic. He got like, if you walked up to him, he was giving potions quiz quizzes. And if you walked up to him for a potions quiz, um, I, I got a troll cause he asked me what book Polyjuice potion was in. And I said, I don't know. Give me that troll, sir. But he, like, got all up in your face and, like, towered over you, and it was very intimidating. Wait, Wait by book Polyjuice Potion was in, do you mean, like, which book the students had or which book referred which book to the, it? Which book the students had. Oh, okay. That's a little I, bit harder. Yeah, I was, I was be like, like, come on, Francis. I've seen the Philosopher's Stone, <laughs> Stone or the Sorcerer's Stone, the movie, and the books enough times to know that Hermione turns into a, a cat. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, 
super intimidating and like so good. Uh, threw back photo today, and it's also on our uh, Theory the Pod Instagram account. Um, I also if you this, know the answer to that potions quiz, what book the Polyjuice potion is in? Please comment on the photo and let us know. Please tell us because I don't know. <laughs> I don't either, and I don't want to do the research. So nope, <laughs> it's an it's intro an open pod book quiz, you guys. It's an open book quiz, though. So if you get it, <laughs> congratulations. We'll give you a shout out on the next we, pod. Yeah, we don't have prizes, but we'll shout you out. <laughs> um, Sunday, I also watched Simone Biles, the actual goat, um, make history again. She's made she made history twice at the um, American Championships over the last week and weekend. Um, but what I saw Sunday, she landed a triple double on floor and it was absolutely insane. And like Nastia Lukin, who's like everyone's favorite commentator of gymnastics now was like, guys, this is like impossible. And all I can say is it's physics. And the fact that Simone is tiny because she is tiny. And I almost got a Corgi during the 2016 Olympics and named it. I wanted to name it Simone. Um, after Simone Biles. And then there's also a swimmer, Simone Manuel. Yeah. Yeah, But she was kicking butt at the same time. And so I was like, just name this Corgi after two Simones who are just taking names right now. Um, Didn't end up getting that Both from Texas, too. Yes, both from Texas. Shout out. Did not end up getting that Corgi, but, you know. 2020 Um, is coming up. Right. At what point do we stop giving gold medals to Simone Biles and just say, you're on a whole new level. Here's a platinum medal. Like, <laughs> I think, I think that if she becomes a commentator afterwards, that's like the ultimate reward afterwards. It's kind of like what you just said with Nastia Lukin. It's kind of like, okay, well you get to live in for live on in the gymnastics world for another little while and give us more of that commentary. But also do they just make her the next Bella Caroli except without the abuse? Like, let's hope so. She, she is, does Simone Biles at 26 become the U.S. Team USA gymnastic coach and just like continue her legacy training all these gymnasts getting gold medals for the rest of our lives? I just hope for more female sports commentators. So while I think we need a ton of coaches that are great, I would rather hear her perspective on things only because... I want more females represented in sports and have her actually comment on how difficult maybe even something a men, man, man, male gymnast, gymnast does. Yeah, you guys, I don't know how to speak. A male gymnast does. That would be really kind of cool having uh, Simone Biles be like, well, I think that would be easier if X, Y, and Z and things along those lines, especially if it was on like one of those apparatuses she never even did. Yeah, true that, y'all. Let, but let's hope Simone doesn't retire for a long time. Like, she brings me so much joy. <laughs> um, She's getting it. Right? <laughs> Next up, The Crown first look teaser dropped this week, and I am hype. I Like I said, I binged it over Christmas. Um, I'm so excited for Helena Bonham Carter to be Princess Margaret. I think she is going to absolutely kill it because what doesn't HBC kill at? Let's be real. Um, another Harry Potter tie. We love her. We stand. Bellatrix. Um, the Little Women trailer also dropped recently and that comes out Christmas Day and I'm 
super hype. Another Harry Potter tie. We got Emma Watson as one of the little women, one of the March sisters. We got Greta Gerwig, the director, uh, Saoirse Ronan, and two other unknown actresses as the other March sisters. And I'm just super hype. I think it looks awesome. I don't know that I ever read the book, but I think I've seen the an older movie. But I don't know. I know the general premise. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, but that makes it all the better almost when it comes to that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm a huge Pride and Prejudice person, but at the same time, I will admit I probably saw Bridget Jones's Diary and the 1994 version of Pride and Prejudice before I ever read the book. But obviously, I mean, Mr. Darcy woos us all. So I eventually read the book. So maybe that will be what Timothy Chalamet does for all of us in Little Women and in his role, letting us all know, oh, he's in love with her and all that kind of stuff. So um, there's always that uh, British situation that kind of influences our lives. And that actually kind of leads into what I was going to talk about today for kind of my pop culture consumption for this week. Um, as we earlier discussed, we're big Mindy Kaling fans. Um, we went and saw what was late night before it was even released in a special viewing. Released, yeah. yeah, we got yeah. early release tickets, y'all. Yeah, you guys can do it too. It's really not that hard. We're not special, but um, there are different websites. I, I We can share them with you guys if you're interested. But <laughs> basically, um, usually anything that Mindy Kaling releases, I'm pretty quick to consume it. Um, both of her audiobooks are awesome, and I prefer the audiobook because hearing her voice read it is incredible. But in general, I read, kind of I read the physical books because I read, although I don't read very much right now. <laughs> hey, there is nothing wrong with having someone read a book to you, especially if you listen to it at quick, quick speeds. But <laughs> oh yeah, this, I listen to everything at three times the speed. <laughs> two, two. Uh, I can go up a little bit, but two is the minimum. <laughs> Well, anyway, so in Mindy Kaling news, basically, I guess, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral is now on Hulu. Um, ironically, I had just watched the movie because it was on some streaming platform. I can't really remember. And I love Hugh Grant. I will never get over Hugh Grant. And Hugh Grant is the guy that when I was like 13 years old, I was like, I want to meet Hugh Grant by the time I'm 18. And it was one of those goals I had, but... Never accomplished it. It was just a goal. <laughs> we, we all make those goals. Um, so to my surprise, though, the new show came out on Hulu uh, two weeks ago. Um, since we didn't have an operating podcast at that time, I'm going to talk about it right now. I think they're on to their sixth episode or so because they released four at once. And then they've released two more since. And as much as I love Mindy Kaling, I'm still kind of on the fence about whether or not this is one of those shows I can add into my <laughs> Rolodex of other shows that I watch. Um, I am one of those people that watches shows religiously, so something like Grey's Anatomy, I am one of the few people still watching, and I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you all the different plot lines that are happening and who's slept with who since when and all that kind of stuff, but. I gave up on Grey's Anatomy when it went up against The Office sophomore year of college, and I was like, I'm out. So I opted, I literally opted for Mindy Kaling over Grey's Anatomy. Hulu has made my life so much better because I can watch all of these things without commercials back to back. So, well, sophomore so. year of college, there was no Hulu or Netflix. 
There was no streaming services. There was no DVR. You lived in the dorms and you were subject to what you could watch on the internet on ABC.com. Oh, that, that's what we, you used was ABC.com. <laughs> I used a lot of other streaming ABC. websites. But um, <laughs> I basically started watching no commercials back in sophomore year of college through other websites. But once Hulu came out and had that, I mean, it made it easier for me to continue to watch some shows that otherwise I probably wouldn't have maintained. And Grey's Anatomy was one of those. I will admit I lost interest in How to Get Away with Murder. And I know that I think you still watch that. Sad. It's the last season. They're filming it right now. I love Viola Davis. She's another one that I just, I'm obsessed with her. I think she is the most beautiful woman or one of the most beautiful women. She also has the most buttery, velvet, smooth voice. And I would listen to her read the phone book to me because I think it would, she would make it interesting. Well, now so that we've had I, that aside I there. Stan Viola Davis. <laughs> now we've had that little aside there, that ode to Viola Davis. Um, <laughs> back to four weddings and a funeral. Well, anyway, so <laughs> I think it's, it's one of those things where it has a lot of things that I would normally be very interested in. I mean, if we want to have a Game of Thrones call, call back, it's we've got Missandre in it, right? Missandre? Missandre? I can never pronounce these people's names, so sorry, guys. Don't yell at me. Um, and it's got, it's like one of the only shows out there with like an Indian, oh no, he's Pakistani leading man. So I want to support this and I really like the fact that they have a lot of diversity in their cast. I mean, that's something that Mindy Kaling has always kind of spearheaded and it's something that I've always respected about her. Um, but I don't know, it's either the plot or the dialogue from the actors, it seems kind of forced. And I know, I know, like, pilots are one of those things that you kind of just watch with a, like, kind of, like, waiting to see what develops. And I'll probably give it a full season, but at the same time, like, the concept is something that I am so the target market of, right? I am easily that person who is an American who has dreamed of moving to London and being able to figure out a way to get a job there. But every time I've actually done the research to try to figure out how to get a job there, it's like ridiculously hard. Like it is. She talks it about is. it regularly. You think she's joking. She's literally <laughs> like, I'm moving to London in a year. The year comes, she's like, okay, I'm just going to go live in Montana for a couple months while I it's mean, blazing hot. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's also where it's like, I almost feel like you have to go to grad school over in London to be able to be on anyone in London's radar just because they're like, we got plenty of people here. Why would we need an American? But all these people in this show are like glamorizing their London, their Americanness, and still living it up in London. So while I know it's targeting an Anglophile like myself, I just, I think that... It's kind of, it almost doesn't assume that we've done that research to see if we can live over there and live this kind of lifestyle. And it's one of those ones that's really hard. Half of this podcast has not done that research. I only know it's difficult because of you, Kate. <laughs> well, okay. So maybe it's more the relaxed fan. <laughs> you, can, you can go and watch it. Maybe you'll love it. But yes, I love Mindy Kaling. Yes, we stand. We stand. We stand. <laughs> And I would love the chance to meet her, and I support everything she does. And I love the fact that she tries to reinvigorate the romantic comedy genre because I do feel like it's more of a dying genre compared to some of those artistic movies that people are kind of trying to create only for the Oscar buzz. Not that she doesn't deserve an Oscar. 
She also injects a lot of diversity into the romantic comedy genre, like you said. Like, everything she does is very diverse. She's all about that because she herself is an Indian woman and didn't grow up with that. So yeah, for her yeah. to start making things that feature Indian women and women of color as prominent characters is a huge deal for her as a producer, writer, actor, whatever she's doing because she does it all. And for her daughter, who is, we presume, at least half Indian... Well, yeah, more than likely. I think she still carried the kids, so let's let's assume that, but uh, who knows? It's Hollywood money. Hollywood money. I mean, we don't know who the daddy is. We got theories, but we don't know who the daddy is. I will say that is one thing we will not theorize on. I mean, I think... No, because we want to meet Mindy. We do not want to embarrass ourselves. Yeah, we don't need us to get on her radar based on the idea that we've been theorizing about who her baby daddy is. That's her privacy. We respect everyone's privacy. But um, and we, we um, respect Mindy and Kit. Yes, exactly. But so kind of just to summarize, I am going to give Four Weddings and Funeral a chance because I believe in romantic comedies. And I hope that it stops being as kind of forced as I kind of feel like it is um, because a romantic comedy is kind of supposed to be an escape for you from reality and it gives you some sort of hope that you have been maybe missing in your life and things along those lines and so hopefully it's just the chemistry right now and with working with the people more and more um, the actors will like each other more and maybe it will improve but who knows? Maybe I'll make this a regular report and I'll report back on my feelings towards four weddings and a funeral and this will just be a reoccurring segment. Who knows? We'll see. But that's it. So um, that is our first segment. Here's where we may run into for this episode. We don't really have anything flushed out for you guys, but here's where we would present our theory or theories, depending on how long they are. Um, we have a list, a running list of theories that we are working on. Um, I actually was watching a YouTube video about one of my deeper theories that is going to take a lot more research. I was watching a video for it earlier today and was decided to quit paying attention about halfway through the video because um, it was very psychological. Um, it's a Game of Thrones theory that's very deep into psychology, and I'm going to have to, like, like I said, do a ton of research to make sure I don't offend people and get it wrong because I think it has the very high potential of doing both, and I don't want to do that to our podcast or to you, our potential audience out there, um, and I don't want to sound like an idiot. So we have several theories. We literally have a list, and especially after this weekend at LeakyCon, we have a couple of not necessarily theories but exploratory ideas that we could – just kind of banter back and forth on for an episode or two. Um, but neither of us have fully prepared a theory for this first episode. And since it's just an introduction, we thought we'd kind of skip over the nitty gritty of a theory and uh, move on to our next segment that we will kind of wrap up things with for future episodes. Um, talking about uh, songs that we are digging at the moment. Yeah, so just something that I have always kind of told people is 
I believe that there is like a song usually that can relate to something that's happening in your life. And I get that that's a common thing, but I usually specify and say Taylor Swift because for some reason I have just completely become obsessed with her in a way when it comes to a almost my soundtrack to my life, I'd say, is I can usually put on a Taylor Swift song and I, I have even played a game on Facebook where someone has said, hey, I feel like this. And then I tell them what Taylor Swift song sounds like that. So, yes, it's a dumb game I play with myself. But at the same time, I figured it was something that we could incorporate into this podcast because it's still pop culture related and it will kind of lighten the mood, maybe, depending on what we talk about. Who knows? Our theories might get dark. <laughs> and um, so... While I'm not necessarily a musical podcast, I'd rather end this with like something that's a high note rather than a, hey, so how does your week look or something like that, because that's just kind of lame. Not that it's not it's lame on all your guys' else's podcasts, okay? It's just lame when it comes from us. <laughs> but We, we just want to do something a little bit different. Exactly. Maybe offer something new. But So I'm going to start by saying that, as Francis said, I'm right now sitting in Montana, and I've pretty much hiked more in the last couple weeks than I have in, like, the last couple years. And so I've been in, like, a somewhat, like, reflective mood. And, I mean, I don't have the widest musical library. Let me just preface with that, too. So I kind of am kind of taking this from a literal sense is, so let me take a step back. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret, right? My real first name, like my legal first name, is Hannah, and I'm from Montana. Yeah, see, this is the reward for listening to our first podcast. Get the best I've heard, that, I've heard that, yes. Yes, but I literally go by my middle name, Kate. So I didn't become Hannah Montana when I went to college. So... As much as I respect Miley Cyrus and I feel for her given that she just broke up with Liam Hensworth, which in itself is a tragedy because how could anyone leave or break up with a Hemsworth? But I mean, Miley's Miley's not ugly either. So no, she's not. She's not. But a Hemsworth is kind of one of those things where you're right. I feel you. I would do a lot of things to get Gail's attention. Exactly. Right. Uh, you don't even have to know how to act, and I'm still interested. I mean, Fat Thor. I'll take Fat Thor, you guys. Oh, okay? I love Fat Thor. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, so taking in consideration Hannah from Montana, Miley Cyrus, hiking. Uh, my song that I'm kind of reflecting on right now is The Climb by Miley Cyrus. Yeah, and I know it's from the Hannah Montana movie and everything because I like being super literal with my reflection. I guess it's figurative. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, it's kind of the perfect song for hiking uh, and being a Hannah that's in Montana. So what about you, Francis? Hannah Montana was a good show and that movie was great. I just want to tell everyone that I, I made my roommates in college go see the Hannah Montana movie with me for a, a roommate date. <laughs> I have never seen a single episode. I boycotted it because she took over my identity. <laughs> ironically. Ironically, because the song's about a secret identity, and it's like, it almost was Alexis Texas, and I was like, oh my gosh, my life would have been so much better. <laughs> but you're not a Hannah. 
That's because you don't know me as Hannah. Everyone else in Montana knows me as Hannah. So anyway, you're Kate. You're Kate. Your turn. turn. (laughs) So I have been listening to a lot lot of Imogen Heap lately. Um, I re-fell in love with her early, early this year when I was, when I kind of dropped everything and planned a trip to New York to see the original cast of Cursed Child before they left. Um, It was the cast that, mostly the cast that opened it in London in 2015, 2016. I don't remember. Yeah, you're not obsessed at all. Um, Not at all. Um, So I heard they were leaving at the end of March, and in mid-January I was like, sweet, I can make this happen. And I went to see Cursed Child, and I highly recommend seeing it if you have the means to see it. Um, also Anthony Boyle as Scorpius is perfection. Okay. Anyway, say what you will about the plot. It's great. Um, you have to see it live. You have to see it live. I'm sure we'll talk about this later in this podcast, but Cursed Child is canon. We believe it is canon. JK Rowling said it's canon. No matter if you did not enjoy it, reading the book, it's not a book, it's a play. So wait till you see the play and then make your decision. So anyway, Imogen Heap did all the music for Cursed Child, which just enhances how much I love Cursed Child. Um, I believe we all know the fantastic song Hide and Seek. Um, most of us were introduced to it. Kate is shaking her head and I'm really upset about this. <laughs> I've never heard this song. Oh my God. Um, did you not watch The O.C.? No. <gasps> oh, Kate. Although, Although I do have a friend that's friends with, uh, friends with uh, Misha Barton. I mean, good for them. She was not the highlight. I'm two degrees away from Misha. She was not the highlight of The O.C. They left. She left and we went on another season. Um, anyway, so we were all introduced to Hide and Seek in um, 2004, 2005 when Marissa shot Trey. Um, at the end of season two of the OC. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, you guys. If you haven't watched it at this point, you are doing yourself a disservice. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's also featured in Suite 2, also known as Act 2 of Cursed Child. And somehow it's more ethereal in Cursed Child. And some of the lyrics are still there. Most of the lyrics from Imogen Heap's music have been taken out of the play. But to the well-trained Imogen Heap fan, I guess that's what I am, um, you recognize a lot of the music. You may not be able to put your finger on what the song is or what the song title is without the lyrics. But Hide and Seek is in um, Act 2 of Cursed Child, and it's really ethereal sounding because it's less digital, I guess, because it's kind of a digital song in real life, which I'm going to make Kate listen to it when we stop recording because it's really good. Um, I'll report back back next week. It's a good one. Um, It's really digitally the original version. And so when it's in Cursed Child, it's just kind of the melody of it. And there's, you don't notice it when you're in the theater watching Cursed Child because I literally don't remember hearing it when I went to see it. Um, But the the vocals are still there and you can hear some of the lyrics um and it just it it really it was beautiful and i really like it and i'm using imogen heap to help me fall asleep at night and you can listen to the whole cursed child soundtrack on youtube so if you haven't done that yet 
Highly recommend because it's fantastic. Also, if you have the means, please, please, please go see Cursed Child. This is my plea to you. It is so fantastic. Um, I saw it in New York. Kate saw it in London. It's opened in Melbourne since. It's opening in San Francisco this fall and Toronto next year. So literally... I think it's in Germany, Yeah, I think it's in Frankfurt. Um, They will likely continue spreading. I don't think it'll ever go on tour just because the theatrics of it... It would be so hard. The theatrics of it are insane. So if you have the means, and I, I know I'm... We're both very blessed that we were able to go see it, and I was. I saved for two years, you guys. I saved. I was especially (laughs) blessed that I was like six weeks out. I'm gonna go see it. Um, So we are both very blessed that we were able to see it live. If you have the means, I highly recommend. I know Kate does too because she literally, when I was leaving for New York, was like, "Text me as soon as you get out of each part. I need to talk to you." <laughs> <laughs> well, and and we'll volunteer to be your friends to talk about it so, with. So that was you. I literally went to a totally panel at LeheCon called "We Really Really Want to Talk About Cursed Child," and most of it was just like, "We love Cursed Child." Yeah, there's issues, but like, it's so good, right? Um, anyway, so Image yeah. and Heap is great. Listen to Hide and Seek. It'll bring back any of your nostalgic high school feels of the OC and what have yeah, you. If you watched it. Um, and if you haven't watched the OC, also watch that. <laughs> <laughs> More things for me to watch? Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, let's wrap this up then. Um, like we said, this is kind of just our intro podcast. Next week, we'll have a full theory all fleshed out and ready to go. But this is kind of just for those people who want to just get to know us before we really deep dive into some of these weird things we want to talk about. But yeah, so um, we're kind of just sending this out to the ether. We obviously don't have any commercials. I was thinking about like in between each segment being like, insert a commercial for this because we listen to enough podcasts to know what people (laughs) yeah to know to know what other people are doing we don't have a patreon account we don't have anything uh we're just kind of playing around with garage band and then going to try check us out on social media (laughs) yeah but um because we do believe in the community aspect of podcasts and Uh, One of those cool things that makes this medium a little different than others is kind of that immediacy of being able to discuss with other people. We have started a website for feedback. Um, You can find that at www.theorythorythepod.com. Yes, we paid for a domain. And we went all in on this. We even have emails, but you don't need those right now. (laughs) And... um, we aren't web designers by any means, so yeah, we know it's kind of just the basics right now. But hey, Wix is pretty cool, and um, we don't need and, uh, Wix was legit. We don't need you to critique our margin sizes on different platforms because guess what? This isn't grad school. We, there are no <laughs> guidelines that we have to follow. Um, but yeah, we just want to kind of enter the podcast world, and if you have any theories that you want us to explore, like we definitely want to accept those challenges. Bring it on. 
Yes. And if it's like a developed theory, we really do want to give people credit if we end up researching it. So like Francis was watching a, a YouTube earlier today when she talks about that podcast, she's going to cite that because we do want to give credit. And we both went to grad school, so we know what it means to use uh, APA style parenthetical citations and citations in general. So while we might use the website to cite these a little bit more uh in depth if we discuss it yeah and if we discuss it we'll try to give credit if there's a name um but yeah but also like don't give us the pixar theory as one of your suggested theories there's already a billion videos and reddit threads and everything if you're interested in the pixar theory literally just youtube it it's everywhere the super carlin brothers fantastic they're awesome dream guests, honestly, for this podcast. Also, Kate probably has no idea who they are because I'm more the YouTuber. Um, <laughs> I listen to tons of podcasts, but, you guys, and I know a ton about sports, yeah. but <laughs> Francis sports. deep dives into the YouTubes. <laughs> um, if you're interested in the Pixar theory, like, it's out there. We don't need to do any deep dives. Also, I don't know that either of us have seen the full Pixar catalog of movies. I know... I Oh, oh, you definitely. have? Good for you. I don't... There's several that I don't care about. I don't care about cars. I don't... I don't Shout care. Shout out, Wally, Steve Jobs. cool. Steve Jobs. <laughs> Just for real. Uh, whatever. Like, I'm here for the fun ones, like Monsters, Inc. and Toy Story. <laughs> Although, I was not the biggest fan of Toy Story 4, so whatever. But, point being, don't send us the Pixar theory. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, I mean, if it's a worn out theory and if we really want to take the challenge, we will try to contradict every single thing that they say. And you might just get frustrated with us because we're not talking about it in the context that somebody else is talking about it. So if you like what other people are already saying, we just recommend consuming what they've already created and give them those hits. They can get some uh, kickback from it. I don't know. Reddit's free, but still, who cares? (laughs) Anyway, thank you for joining us on our first adventure in podcasting. If you like what you've heard so far, follow us on social media. We are unfortunately not streamlined. You can find us on Twitter at Pod Theory and on Instagram at TheoryThePod. Like Kate said, we are also, we have a website. You can learn more about us. You can see versions of our faces. You can see um, me and Snape, Texas Snape. He's great. Um, on our website and Instagram and Twitter. Anyway, we look forward to continuing this dialogue with you in future episodes because we do want it to be a dialogue. That's what we both love about podcasts. So please reach out to us and let us know what you think. Goodbye. See ya.